You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Murder in the First After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Murder in the First After Show. Yeah, let's do the little lighters. Hold up your phones. Yeah, I need the lighter app. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, welcome into the Murder in the First podcast right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. Played behind the sounds of Boys to Men, End of the Road, because this is it on Murder in the First, at least for this season, season one, episode 10, the season finale, entitled Blunt the Edge. I'm your host, Bobby DeMiro, joined as always by my panel. We've been together for 10 episodes, more or less. Some people had attendance issues, myself included, but we're all here for the finale. Marina Santos, J.B. Zimmerman, Monsi Bolaños, our Costa Rican panelist. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Good try, Bobby. <laughs> all right, I just learned how to pronounce your name. You finally told us, so... Yeah. throwing it out there. Because usually white people cannot pronounce. Really? It's like that? Yes. It's, um, it's, it's like that. I mean, we're true. a pretty tan panel. Yeah, yeah come on. Okay. I will have Go to ahead. Say, say Montserrat. 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 But I'm Brazilian, yeah, so I can roll my tongue. But say Montse. Montse. That's pretty good. Yeah, all right. People, there we usually go. the E has a very weird pronunciation with other ethnicities. I'm a little offended you waited 10 episodes to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we maybe try. I mean, granted, I probably would mess it up. Nobody goes still. like nobody calls me Montserrat. Yeah. Well, same with my name is is Marina, not Marina. Right. Everybody See, calls me Marina, so I just tell everyone Marina. If you call me Montserrat, you can say it in English. But if you call me Montserrat, I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> what? I didn't do it. <laughs> Speaking of trouble, let's jump into it. That's a perfect segue. Yeah. Because we do have a lot of people in trouble today, namely Eric Blunt. Season finale, we're going to spend a lot of time on the show overall, what we thought of it. We want to hear what you guys thought of it. So we'll just say it right now. If you're watching on YouTube, comment. We want to know the biggest question of the day. What did you think of the season overall? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you want Blunt to end up being the killer like he was? Spoiler alert, Blunt was the murderer. No Wilkie, no Hertzberg, no nobody else, unfortunately. And we want to hear what you thought of the season finale on YouTube. If you are subscribing on iTunes, thank you. You can hit us on YouTube or tweet us. We'll talk about that later. So, first things first, before we get to the final thoughts, let's talk a little bit about the episode today. We find out Blunt is the killer. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know whether I am disappointed about that, maybe a little bored by that because it was the obvious choice, or if it's the one that made the most sense. In other words, would you have been mad if Wilkie or Hertzberg or somebody else had been the killer because it would have been too unbelievable? I guess it, it could only have been Blunt. I was a little disappointed. I was expecting it to be someone else, to not just him the whole time, because it seems as though then really everyone was just at his beck and call at any point in his life. Like, I was hoping for a twist, something that we weren't expecting. But you said Blunt was the obvious choice. The yeah. whole time, the story was about him. And I'm not saying that it was wrong. It's just I was hoping for, for a slight 
right. twist. I think it made a lot of sense. I mean, everything when we started in the show in the beginning, we said like, how could it not be? Everything is against him. I it's it's so him. clear, which makes you know good TV, I guess. But I don't know. I felt like a little robbed just because. He admitted to basically making um, the murder of his father the perfect thing ever. And with Cindy, you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, that was sloppy. My bad. Yeah. It was kind of weird how yeah. it, it felt a little cheap. But, um, you know, at the same time, like, it was a nice roller coaster ride. We mm-hmm. definitely were thrown for a, a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I thought, I thought that Eric would have done the Kevin Ayers murder, mm-hmm. but I thought he would have paid off someone else to do Cindy, like Bill, for example. So I was a little, like I said, bored that he did everything, and he then he just confessed everything. Like, you know, it's nothing. I, what I've never understood, and there's never been a good explanation for it, is the motive in the first place, in the sense that Appleson was taking off, they were going to have their public offering or whatever, the stock thing. And Eric was already rich and was going to be so rich. Nyers wanted $50,000. Cindy would have needed child support restitution. I know it's a lot of money to us, obviously. To Eric, it would have been nothing. Pay for the kid. Pay to make it go away. Pay Nyers the fifty grand and make him sign a non-disclosure agreement and whatever else. And yeah, it's ugly and dirty. Just make it go away. Don't right. kill him and, and, and live your life. And I understand that Eric's uh, emotions and Eric's personality were such that he has to win, he has to have the power and stuff, but there's a difference between having to win and really unnecessarily killing two people when right. you could just pay him off. Right. And, and Hertzberg and those guys should have been in his corner just saying pay him off. Who cares? Yeah. Right. You know? well, I think he just didn't want any like a association with a kid, right? They could have paid him off and then later on in life they could come back and the kid can ask for more or come to the media or whatever, which is still not an excuse, let's be honest. And obviously it just goes to show how crazy he really is. You know, the things that he was saying and like how much pleasure and satisfaction and he, how he was right to kill those people because there's too many people in the world. It's It was crazy. Right. I mean, because of that, I thought that they didn't make a, as big of a deal out of Cindy having his child as they maybe should have. I mean, he had such a horrible relationship with his dad in the end killing him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would have made more sense for me at least that that was a huge motivation to, to have killed Cindy or, or something. I mean, he mentioned sort of a psychopathic um, hatred of overpopulation and sort of people who weren't as intelligent as, as he. But, you know, in terms of motivation for, for doing all these things, he didn't really have anything else that he confessed to. What happened with Bill at the end? We never got a confirmation. We obviously never saw him again. I I, I would guess Bill is still alive. Is he still alive? Yeah. I, I would think so, because I don't think Eric would go and talk to Hildy and... Uh, and Terry, if he had killed Bill, right? He would be the primary suspect for that. Mm-hmm. Unless, he, you know, even even if he did try to make it like a like a suicide thing, but it would be too like too close to his grandfather's death and too many coincidences, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah third yeah. time's the charm, exactly. Yeah. So the other question with Bill is, who put the wire on Bill, and who put the wire on Salter? Were they wiring themselves to try to get Eric to confess just to just to end it? Or was the San Francisco Police Department in on them? Because we never saw Bill go yeah. to the police. Yeah, we never. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it was purposely left open for interpretation. I feel like yeah. yeah. I think I think both of them did work with the cops to get that wire, but I think neither of them knew about the phone tap. I think that was sort of like yeah. a, a setup. Yeah, I think Jimmy for sure because he was like, I know who who may have done it when he was talking to. Right. And right. then he cut to the scene of him being wired already. So I was like, yeah. Now Bill, that's I wasn't, a good point. I wasn't very sure. Yeah. Although, Bill, it's kind of the same situation. They were at Mrs. Harbach's place. She said, the guy in the red sports car. And the next cut is Bill driving the red sports car to Eric's place. So maybe that same cut, like with Salter, is meant for us to be like the detectives went to Bill. They talked to Bill. Bill put the wire on. So maybe it was both the police. Mm -hmm. We just never saw it. And we didn't have time to see it because there was about a thousand hours of detective work in this episode, Mm -hmm. which was interesting. A little bit of this episode, I understand Eric's the killer. I get it. It makes sense. I wasn't disappointed with it. But I felt like they kind of worked the whole episode tying up every little loose string, Mm -hmm. except for the relationship, which we'll talk about in a second. But every detective loose string, they did Harbach, they did Jimmy Salter, they did Chris Walton again with mm-hmm. the fentanyl, and Walton's going to Sacramento, and that's good. Um, they did Miss Harbach with Ambien. They did just all kinds of these little loose strings. It was almost like they had a checklist. And they said, the first nine episodes covered this. Here are the things we have to take care of. I appreciate yeah. that, but it almost felt like a to-do list a little bit. It's yeah. too much. Yeah, I like it better when TV shows will will take the last three or four episodes to, to start resolving issues, right? So... It, it's not everything in the last episode like it was today because then you don't have enough time to focus on each specific thing. Like today, it was just so obvious. They just came and he just said that he was guilty, right? There was really no work in in terms of, like, details, which kind of bothers me. You know, I wish they had done a few other things, a few other clues on the previous episodes instead of just having, oh a wiretap and, and Eric just takes 10 minutes and says everything he did. Yeah. I agree. They, they did cover everything, but at the same time, I prefer that they cover everything than to leave me wondering. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know if we're going to have a second season. We hope so, but we don't. So, yes, I wish, like, it was all done in this, in this last episode, and it seemed like it was pushed together to get it out of the way, to make sure that they closed every story in case they didn't get to come back. But I prefer that over not knowing the answers. And a yeah. second season, based on the way the show works, will not be about Blunt. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Will not maybe even include the same detectives. I would assume it's going to be Tay Diggs and Colby. and Kathleen Robertson again. So maybe it'll be them, but it may not be the same thing and it won't be the same story. One thing that was never cleared up was in, inserted very randomly in last episode, episode 9, is the second murder, death, whatever of the rich couple of the, of the wife oh, with yeah, drugs. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It kind of comes in. I don't know if that was just like a transition period to keep Warren Daniels in. I know it was a red herring to get Mulligan and English off the case. I get why they used it in that episode. Right. But nothing in this episode about it. Kind of, it, it left as soon as it came in. That was the most random insertion to me. Yeah, especially because it was a little weird, right? I remember yeah. the, the husband not being upset that he wife had died. He was just like, yep, I was... In rehab. Right, right, right. Goodbye. What if that's the teaser and this is <laughs> next year's oh, case? Could be. Could dun, be. dun, dun. And guess what? More Warren Daniels if that's yeah. the case. Because he's the husband's lawyer. Which is bad. Yeah, just yeah, make yeah. the sh- spin off of we Warren Daniels. We love Warren Daniels. <laughs> that should be the spin off. Call it the Doberman. <laughs> it's Warren Daniels. He does his thing. Uh, let's talk Warren a little bit because he, like a classic defense attorney, I don't mean to be stereotypical defense attorneys, I'm sorry, uh, enjoys money. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. And doesn't spend it, just keeps it. And and then can be 
you know, discerning with his clients, like with Blunt. But the one thing that struck me with him as a defense attorney versus Hertzberg, Hertzberg has never been unprofessional. And Hertzberg knows the mayor very well and has connections that make Hertzberg really professional. And yet today, Hertzberg was shocked to his core that Blunt was guilty. And Daniels, the ultimate cynic, already knew he was guilty. You know, and I know Daniels knew about the lie detector test and Hertzberg didn't. But even so, I feel like Hertzberg, kind of an amateur move to get so emotionally invested in it that it knocks the wind out of you. Whereas Daniels kind of knows, guilty or not, I have to be removed a little bit. And we talked about it before. It's a game to Daniels. It's life to Blunt. It should have been a game to Hertzberg, and it wasn't. He took it personally. But I think the relationship between Hertzberg and Eric Blunt was completely different from Daniels and Eric Blunt. Yeah. Like you said, Daniels was looking at, I'm your lawyer for this case, whether we win or lose, bye. That was his thought process. But Hertzberg and Eric, I think, had a relationship. He was always with him. He was yeah. at work with him. It, 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 I think it was more of a friendship that had developed, and that's why he was so hurt. Because yeah. I agree. But that's the thing. They're together all the time. Like, I feel like Hertzberg is his, you know, right hand or whatever. And, and Wilkie's his left hand. Yeah. 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 But how how did he not know? Like, how did he not know? Well, that's the, that's the point, that Eric was so manipulative and so intelligent about the whole situation that even the people closest to him didn't know. Like, Jimmy Salters didn't know. Like, Wilkie didn't know. Except Warren Daniels, who never let it go past this professional work relationship. Well, here's here's a little devil's advocate to kind of throw out at you guys. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. Could Warren Daniels be the most evil person on the show? Blunt's murdering people. It doesn't get much worse than that. But Daniels knew because of the lie detector test that Blunt was lying and that he killed Sidney. Or Daniels had a very good thought, didn't tell anybody, and went to trial because to Daniels, it's almost a game to try to get him off. Let's see how good of a defense attorney I am. Let's see how much reasonable doubt I can put in the jury. This guy really probably killed her, but I'm going to see if I can get him off. That's really evil in and of itself. Right. I think he almost used that as kind of an out. I mean, he would say that, you know, the community of lawyers, like his friends and colleagues were looking back, like looked at him in a bad light when there was bad publicity and that's what hurt him the most. He, you know, could have held that as kind of a you know, out with them, saying if that if they did lose, like, oh yeah, well, I mean, he actually did do it, so it's not that bad that yeah. I I lost. Like, you know, using using that, it gives him a little bit more leverage than all the other characters. Yeah, and defense attorneys always—I I don't know if this is a hard and fast rule—but defense attorneys are pretty adamant. Don't tell me if you did it or not. Yeah. Right? I if you did it. I don't, I don't want to know. We have to We have to approach it from a different way because if I know, I can't represent you. Yeah. So the fact that – I know Blunt didn't tell Daniels he did it. Blunt was adamant that he didn't do it. But Daniels still knew on that mm. level. And it's just – it's cold to still go into trial and to say, murdered girl, whatever. I'm going to play the game and see if I can get Blunt off. Right. And, and he got him off because he's a good lawyer, but that doesn't make it right. Yeah, it is a little surprising that he did go through with it in the end. I mean, yeah. granted, they offered him $10 million, so yeah. that's pretty tough to turn down. But at the same time, he was talking with Hertzberg and saying, like, I have so much money saved up and I don't spend it so I can say no to Eric. And in the end, he didn't say no. 
So, you know, the fact that he was sort of talking about that, I, I felt was a little off character. If you've got $10 million to give to Daniels, give $5 million to Kevin Nyers, $5 million to Cindy. Do absolutely just, just chain and lock, non-disclosure agreement, whatever agreements, and never see either one of them again. And, never and don't kill them. And never have to do with, right. all, you know, the yeah. trial and everything that goes with it. Jeez. I yeah. don't understand. It's very confusing. I mean, initially with um, the other lawyer, Saletti when they were sort of in that meeting in the DA's office, he kind of went through and said, like, how ridiculous it would have been if Eric did go about it that way. It's like, that's so stupid for a billionaire to do it so sloppily. And, like, why wouldn't you just uh, make one phone call completely clean? Like, you can cover tracks 100%. And it seems so strange and just ridiculous that he would go through this so foolishly. Yeah. And he did. And he's a total hothead, and I know his temper was established, but I don't know if it was fully established. Maybe this is a broad criticism of the show for me, and maybe I'm putting too fine a point on it, but I don't know if that lack of logic was fully established. We know he had a temper. We know he had some other issues, but in a lot of ways in business, he was extremely logical, Eric was. So this complete lack of logic with these totally kind of scatterbrained murder plots, it doesn't sync up with the rest of him. You know, the anger does, but the not thinking through everything just doesn't really sync up. As angry as he was, as rogue as he goes, he's still a shrewd guy. I don't understand. But again, maybe I'm being a little too critical of that because for whatever reason. I just, I'm a little, I wonder a little bit about that. Right. Bless you. Bless you. I I think if they made it more like Cindy Strauss's death was an accident or something. And if I wish that they went back to that and sort of showed how that blew everything up when, you know, the Kevin Nyers thing we would have never really thought about had Cindy not died. But, you know, they never really did. I mean, he sort of said, oh, yeah, that was sloppy, but that was it. Yeah. You know, I think if they made more of a deal about how that got him caught, basically, like that accident, or even if he didn't really push her, but he said something and she tripped or something. Um, you know, that would have made it a little bit more interesting. So how we found about a, a murder he did commit, like with, with thinking it through and, and everything, like, um, I think that would have yeah. been a little bit more satisfying. Yeah. 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 I thought it was interesting that he mentioned that it was sloppy and that's the one he got away with. That's, I was like, really? Like it, 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 sh- it wasn't, it, it didn't, they didn't execute the way he confessed right. The way we found out about it, it wasn't executed the way somebody like Eric Blunt would, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's let's talk relationship between Terry and Hildy now. <laughs> we didn't get some episodes. We've gotten a lot. Some episodes we get none. Today we got a little. That little thing near the very end before the suicide. <laughs> were they gonna kiss? Let me let me let me <laughs> start by saying this. Uh, Terry said to Hildy, blunt blah blah blah, he's like, people like us, we need love. I took the we as like the royal we third person broad. We as a group, humans, normal humans need love. But I think Hildy took it as you and I. You and I. Yeah. You know, and I could see how you would take it as you and I. Yeah. I think it, Terry was talking broadly. I think Hildy was the one who wanted to kiss. What about you guys? I think he may have been talking broadly, 
also waiting to see her reaction. Oh, so he's kind of playing both ends to exactly. the middle. Exactly. Like, that way, if she was, like, totally, well like, as humans, you're yeah. right. He's that's, like, yeah. That's something a guy would do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Absolutely. Classic move. Yeah. Act like Plausible lady, deniability. Like yeah. like can't, get, can't get rejected. Like <laughs> yeah. That's totally, you know what I mean? And then, because if you notice, her reaction was, like, and he Oh, she was also, in, in it. She yeah. was definitely going, leaning in. He was also totally going for it. It wasn't that she was going for it, and he's like, oh, let's, you know, go shoot some hoops or something. Go hang out with D-Hop? Let's go hang out with D-Hop. It, it, they stayed in the moment, so it's like, you maybe said it, generally speaking, hoping she would have a different reaction. And she did. And then they didn't kiss. Stupid Eric Blunt committing suicide. So did you want them to kiss? Do you let, let me yes. go even broader? Do you want them to be in love in a relationship, whatever that is? Yes. Really. I always wanted uh, um, uh, Detective Benson and uh, what was uh, Stabler Stabler to get together, and it never happened. So yes, I would like. This for, is your opportunity. This is my opportunity. Uh-oh. Yeah, I I did want them to so, kiss. So Dick Wolf over at Law and Order didn't give you what yeah. you want. So Stephen Bosco at Murder in the First. Exactly. Does. That's exactly. <laughs> I just I. They're both lonely. Why not? And she and he. She likes him. She really likes him. You could see it throughout the whole season. She really liked him. JB, did you want them to be together? I did not. Thank you. Um, the a voice boy. of reason speaks now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, dipping your pen in the company ink <laughs> never works out well. And I feel like, especially for detectives, it's a bad idea just because they're in an environment where they need to leave emotions sort of at the door. And you know, we saw what happened when they didn't. Hildy obviously had that episode when she um, killed that guy. Um, Terry's been very good about even not letting his personal life with his wife um, affect his job. So he's been a little bit more effective. But I feel like if they were trying to solve a case and, you know, they had like a fight over who left the toilet seat up, like it would really take us away from from the seriousness of what they're doing. And they're cops. Detectives are beat cops. They're still cops. They go into dangerous situations. So if you're in love with your partner, you probably can't defend each other with your gun the same way you might be able to if it's just whatever. What about you, Marina? Did you want to see them together? I did not. I did, sorry, however. Monty. Yeah, sorry, Monty. I'm going to over here yeah. on this side. <laughs> this is what I want in the, in the perfect world. That Hildy would get a new man and uh, Terry is not going to have a good relationship with this good man so that's where the tension is going to come from like he doesn't like Hildy's new man so but it's not like directly like Hildy and Terry right it's like a triangle well that's happened once Terry punched Hildy's ex-husband or whatever it was years ago right 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 so yeah just a repeat of that yeah Huh, okay. You know, it's, it's, it causes drama, but it's not like you said. It's not like you're going from them arguing at home about something or causing trouble at work or yeah. But okay. out of a love triangle, then eventually they would probably get together if he cares so much about it. You know, that's always what it leads to. That's what that means. Okay, I'm just the Mr. one. Mr. Bobby Demiro, don't start. The one. I'm on. I'm on Team JB with no exceptions like you. <laughs> they're not getting together. They're veterans. They know what they're doing. And English knows better. And Hildy does too. But we know she's into it. English mm-hmm. knows better. Um, the one other interesting thing, broadly on the show, that I really didn't understand was the the kind of halfway fleshed out personal lives. We saw uh, so much about English's wife in episode one. 
really nothing after mm-hmm. that at all. We saw so much of that weird stalker, you know, level five, whatever stalker of English in, in one of the middle episodes. Before and after that, nothing at all. Nothing came of it. We saw so much of Hildy dating random guys trying to find a good date in one episode. No other dating scenes with Hildy afterwards. So I just, I, I, I don't mean this necessarily as a criticism because I would have rather seen the crimes, obviously. But if you're going to put those things out there, make them a little more consistent throughout the season. I don't want to dwell on English's wife the entire time, but I think that needed a little bit more time in episodes two, three, four, and it didn't get any. And that was confusing to me. That's a a huge, that's a love of his life that was established very, very strongly. Nothing. And I'm glad he recovered from it and was able to do his job, but nothing. It was weird. I agree. I agree. I think they lacked a little bit in the backstories. Um, But again, they didn't really know what was going on, right? They when they started with the script, um, so maybe they had a change of heart and said, you know what? Like this show is about detectives, it's about the crime, it's not about all, all these side stories that we started. Let's focus and move on. But for us, is we saw all of these bits and pieces, and we wanted like some sort of closure, right? Maybe he was just like, oh, screw this. I'm done online dating for now. <laughs> you know? Or, yeah, something at least just to get him out of those situations and nothing really happened. So we kind of just like left hanging. Yeah. I don't know. And again, I think Raphael mentioned this when he was in several weeks ago, Raphael Sparge, who played Mulk, Detective Mulk, about the idea that the pilot always gets written first, it always gets filmed first. And then oftentimes you have months between the pilot and everything else, so there will be differences. And maybe that's what it was with Mm -hmm. Eric's wife, or with uh, English's wife. But I just wonder about some of these other relationships, just a little bit iffy and a little bit off, and I would have liked a little bit more about... Hildy and her daughter, Hildy and dating, English and this crazy girl, English and his dating life, whatever it is, I would have liked a little bit more. And our boy, Mulk, Raphael Sparge, uh-huh. I wanted to see him get with, what's her name, Hannah. I yeah, we, he went out for drinks with her last episode. Nothing. No, we've heard nothing. Yeah. I need I need the deets, <laughs> Raph. Is this Raph, what with, happened? <laughs> with um, Kodo and Perez. Mm. What happened there? I think we oh, know what yeah. happened there. But it's we never got any info on that. Yeah. It's just she was upset that they lost, and she put her foot down because she was, you know, she had power over him. But we never, we I never think close that. My humble opinion, which is often wrong, not always, but often, <laughs> um, is that when Hildy caught them by opening up that elevator door, they didn't see it was Hildy, but they know somebody had that elevator door open, and they think, oh my god, we're kissing in the parking lot, we've been caught. And then Perez did all kind of the mean stuff about the case to Cotto, mm-hmm. and then Cotto today turned around, and they were like, are you going to get permission from Perez? And he mm-hmm. goes, no, it's not hers, it's mine. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was his power play saying, mm-hmm. I- I'm not with her anymore, this isn't a thing anymore, this is on us. And it and it wasn't closed explicitly, but I think that's kind of the closure of that one. That one's probably over. So that's about the only one I felt closure on. But yeah. I know what you're saying, it wasn't explicitly done, it wasn't even implicitly done, it was just yeah. very obtusely done. Yeah. 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 I was glad he did it though. For once, yeah. he like stood up you know, yeah. for his team and against her, because all the time he was like oh no, you know, let's not do that, you're gonna call it, get me in trouble. And for once in the last episode, he finally, you know, does yeah. something. Yeah, I was a little surprised that they played it that way. I mean, I like how it was sort of subtle, but we still got the message. Um, but I was expecting it to blow up a little bit more. I mean, it was such a big thing. It would have been a huge controversy. I'm surprised that they didn't, like, basically make one of the warriors figure that mm-hmm. out or something and use that as ammo um, for Eric's case. 
That's in, to make like like Hertzberg or somebody figure right, it out. Right, exactly. Yeah. That'd be interesting because Hertzberg's so connected with the mayor and theoretically right. the rest of the city government. That would have been a great wrinkle. And during Eric's trial, this is like going back and editing the shows ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> during Eric's trial, they have Hertzberg find out that Cotto and Perez are doing something, leak it to the media, the scandal overtakes the trial or something. That's very interesting. I would have yeah. liked to have seen that. That would have been good. JB. Yeah, I should right, join. Yeah, right yeah. in season two yeah. of uh, Murder in the First is JB Zimmerman. <laughs> Um, take us with you when you get that, that yeah. SAG writing contract, Absolutely. whatever, that Writers yeah, Guild of America pay. Gotta bring my team. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. Anything else you guys want to talk about specifically on this episode before we get to broad stuff? I guess we did see a lot of ass tonight. We oh did. my gosh, so much ass. Yeah. Some good, some bad. That girl, good. We'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill Wilkerson. Oh, was. Uh, <laughs> was. <laughs> Bill Wilkerson. Gotta give credit when credit is due. Thank you. I Bill's appreci- not I, so much. I appreciate yeah. you agreeing with us on that. Bill's, uh, I could have done without it. Yeah. 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 All it was us. like old man ass. No, no ass. It's like mom's <laughs> ass. <laughs> Please don't sugarcoat it. Tell us how you really feel. Okay, describe it in detail, Marina. You'll have a well. new show on here in no no time. Marina Marina talks ass. Hey, not yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing against his ass. You know, we have people that like different things. I'm sure there's people there that think his ass is great. It's just not my type of ass. Oh lord, fair enough. Don't give out your Snapchat tonight, or you're going to get some interesting pictures later. Okay, just just not give that. Yeah, that's, um, that's not do that, please. All right, let's maybe the very last thing before we get to the broad stuff let's talk about some of these last scenes with Daniels and Hertzberg I really like the last scene with Daniels and Hertzberg I know we've already talked about the lie detector test and that but just kind of the two old lawyers finally sitting down that was like the recap that was the resolution to me we knew we didn't know but I think we all kind of speculated the noose is tightening on blunt no pun intended he's going to kill himself he's going to be convicted Mm -hmm. that's over and we need to see how that resolves itself but this was cool to see these two kind of resolve it in front of our eyes exactly i think that was my favorite scene of this episode i mean it was great to see this sort of contrast i mean they had uh just wardrobe wise herzberg in very dark colors uh daniels was in you know very all white almost um and then it sort of switched it seemed where the up until now daniels has been by the book you know uh, i will only defend you to to this like i'm not gonna lie like we need to do this everything by the book and Hertzberg seemed very shady, like, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes, we'll get the best lawyer. And we, I think we all thought he was the mastermind yeah. behind yeah. everything. Um, and then it sort of switched, where Daniels actually knew the truth all the time and was going against that, basically defending a murderer that he knew about. And Hertzberg didn't. He was just on the team because he believed Eric was innocent. So it's an interesting contrast to see those roles sort of flip. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still don't buy that he thought he was innocent. Come on! Like, <laughs> he's got real? a ponytail. Clearly, yeah, he's not think, up his judgment on everything. Is not yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's the ponytail <laughs> that he's doing it to him. But come on, you really think he was a hundred percent honest of what happened? Like, no. <laughs> that was a wonderful pause. Yeah, just the yeah. build up. Oh. We were all like, <laughs> we were at the edge of our seats. Yeah. I, uh, I will say that. Hertzberg was so adamant in the jail cell at the very end about how much he believed in Eric. He was mm-hmm. like, I believed in you, I believed in you, I believed in you. Marina, you are right. It was probably dumb to believe in him. But I think Hertzberg honestly did yeah. believe in him. And that's why he was there till the end. You know, maybe he was ignorant, but I think he really must have believed in him. And Hertzberg turns out to be a bigger idealist than we thought. And Daniels turns out to be a little more cunning than we mm-hmm. thought. And that's the difference. Yeah. 
All right, let's do uh, some broad stuff. Show very generally, not to take too long on this because I know we've talked about it a lot, but overall, what did you guys think? Ten episodes. Would you watch it again? Would you binge this three months from now? Honestly, no. I agree. And that's no slight to the show. Yeah, right, yeah, I agree. yeah. I yeah. thought the show, again, when it started, we had our doubts, but I thought, I think it turned to be a great show. It was very fun to watch. But it's not a show that I'd want to watch three months from now, or even maybe a year from now. Yeah, it's not a show you watch over and over again, mm-hmm. but I I would recommend it to someone else to watch, and I would just tell them, get past the first two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but I would recommend it. It's just not one of those shows you would rewatch over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, but I I liked it. Was, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a fun ride as we were on it. Um, you know, the surprises and everything, the unknown built up a lot in this show. And that's sort of the most satisfying parts of it. Like not knowing and the, and the twists and turns. You think it's one character and then it turns out to be another. And even when we brought uh, Bess on, onto the show, she said even all the actors were sort of playing that game and, and didn't know. They each thought they were the murderer. Yeah. So that was really fun. I, I think you know watching it once through is, is the most satisfying. Now, second question for you guys. Does it deserve a second season? And not just the show itself, but look at TNT. The Last Ship, which we do on AfterBuzz, and it's a great show. Last Ship's getting a second season. Falling Skies does very well. TNT's got a great lineup. Not only does it deserve a second season, but does Murder on the First have room for a second season? Will we see the show again? I hope so. I want them to come back brand new. I like the, I like the way the show is shot. How the whole season relies... It's one person, one crime, however you want to look at it. There's nothing else like that. So I, I like that. I hope it remains with the same people from the precinct, like everyone, and it's just a new person they're going to... Same know. department, different case. Exactly. Just a different case. I hope they come back. Yes. Okay. What about you guys? I I agree. I think that, um, you know, obviously we're done with Eric Blunt story but um you season know, season two ghost blind <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah i really i like the format of the show you know it was it was fun to watch like periodically and it was fun to sort of talk about i mean i've enjoyed this panel uh, hopefully you guys have too like sort of guessing what is gonna happen i know it's so sad <laughs> but you know even if it does go to a different um Department or, or a different city or something. I like the format similar to True Detective, where I feel like that one case, one department over a course of a season can really work. And, you know, even in just 10 episodes, we went from, I mean, we basically went full circle. We started mm-hmm. saying no one but blunt. Then we went to every every <laughs> single person in his crew, yeah. everyone else, uh, like his entire company, and then you know we landed back at, at one. I mean, not to say that they have to follow that formula, but it was a nice sort of like craziness. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I had no idea that after saying this is where we'd end up, I didn't think like that's the last place I thought we would end up. Yeah. If that makes any sense, yeah, it was a ride. I definitely think it de- it deserves a second season. Um, but I think the sex- second season would be very the the place to decide whether it deserves more after that. Um, I think it was a good first season, but I would want to see how they transition mm-hmm. to a different case, and also how the case goes about. You know, like you said, we thought it was blunt, and then we thought it was everybody else, and then it was blunt. 
So it was kind of obvious, right? It was the person that we thought from the beginning. And I hope he, they don't do that with the other cases. Right. You know, I hope there's more mystery yeah. and more people involved in the murders. Right. So I think I, I would love to see another <coughs> season and then judge from there. Yeah. I will disagree with all three of you. Really? And I'm glad Ooh. you brought up True Detective. This should have been a miniseries. This should have been six or eight episodes. It should have been jam-packed because it did slow down a little bit. It was a little stereotypical and cliche. This should have been a mini-series with six or eight episodes, one case, go big or go home, and at the end, it's over, and we're never seeing English and Mulligan again. And that's no slight against it. If it gets a second season, I'm sure we'll do the panel again, and it'll be fine. But I just think it should have been one and done really hot. But Real quick. How, yeah. Is True Detective a one-time thing? I think the True Detective, that story was a one-time thing, was my impression. Right. I believe they're doing a second season with new detectives yeah. and a new oh, case. Oh, just like a com- it's yeah. all new. I exactly. see what right. so, and so if Murder in the First did something like that, where next season was new actors, new detectives, new city, like what you'd mentioned, that'd be cool too. Right. But I, like a one-and-done deal, go big or go home, but you transition these personal lives. Marina, I agree with you. I want to see how it gets mm-hmm. done. If they transition them, right. if you're going to do it... Let's see it. I'm open to it, but I got to see it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm with you, too. After the second one, I don't know if... You can't keep doing this. You you can't just keep going through this format. But I'm hoping. We're hoping. Who knows? We'll see. Speaking of hoping, let's real quick... I know it's a season finale. We don't know if it's coming back yet. We don't know how it's coming back. But even though Blunt is dead, I think it would be fun to do a few predictions. (laughs) And now, you're after Buzz TV. So for the purposes of predictions, because otherwise we'll get wildly skeptical, let's do this way. It comes back for a second season, same detective, same precinct, different case, whatever. So knowing that, that it's the same precinct, what do you guys think prediction-wise? Because I'll tell you one. I think Hildy and Terry go to Vegas and get married. (laughs) I'm kidding. It won't go that far. But I think Hildy and Terry, the relationship develops. They kiss a little bit. They maybe do something else they regret. It goes too far, and they have to get transferred off of each other. And we see a little bit more of Mulk and these other detectives because they can't work together anymore. Something bad happens, and there's no way they can work together. I kind of agree, but I'll throw something different. I think Hildy's ex-husband will come back, and she's going to give him a second chance. Her baby daddy. Her baby dad is going to come back. Because they did have that moment in that season when they hugged it out and, you know, he really wanted her back and they just never talked about it anymore. So that's that's all I have. Don't be shy, guys. Okay. uh, I think that Hildy's husband could come back. That's so good. But then it's not going to work out. And then English will be there to help. Her feel better. To help her pick up the pieces. Yeah. And I also agree that if they do try and get together, and it, it's not going to work. But I don't necessarily think that they'll have to never work together and we won't see them. I just think they're going to realize it doesn't work and it's going to be awkward at first. And then it'll be just, you know, work as always. Okay. Right. I mean, the only scenario that I can see them becoming an item and it continuing is if one of them quits the force i mean maybe hildy just because she has a daughter um picks you know something else to do where she can be home more her daughter obviously does not admire what she does and and sort of um quite the opposite actually so if they were to sort of see if a relationship would work that's the only way I, i feel like it could for their lives i mean i feel like because of everything that's happened with um, Hildy's ex and Terry. 
he's i feel like they've had feelings for a long time and if they do want to go forth and, and sort of become a couple then they can't work together and either they they part ways like and go to different cities which is i think would be the wrong choice just because san francisco is awesome what if one of them goes across the bay to like oakland does detective work in oakland there you go fair maybe or maybe like becomes like a pi or something yeah they can make it work that way. Um, I, I just think they cannot be in the same office yeah. and be together. They would be a hot couple, though. Yeah. They can't be partners Definitely. if they were to date, is what you're saying. They can't they be, can't be partners if they were to be partners. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. that's not. I'm referring to partners in the work. I, I understand. I was place. making it fun. Well, they should. I mean, they would have very attractive babies, I think, so. Yeah. <laughs> you and babies and asses. Well, I don't. I don't even know anymore. All right. Before we get going, though, social media links, guys. Where can everybody find you? Twitter, Instagram. You know the drill, Monse. Yes. Mo- excuse me, Monse. Monse. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monse Volanos. Nice. You guys can find me at JB underscore Zimmerman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rina Brazil and on my website, The Thirty Day Trial. 30daytrial.com? Dot com, dot yes. Com. There you go. I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro. Guys, thank you three for the panel. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. These last 10 yeah, episodes. absolutely. And thank you guys for watching, commenting, listening, doing all that good stuff. Um, hopefully this is back next year. We'll be back too. If not, we all do a ton of AfterBuzz shows, so surely you will see us on something else. And in the meantime, thank you very much for watching. That's it for Murder in the First in Season 1. We had a lot of fun. We hope you did too. Good night, guys. Night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.